hello and welcome to the Sharp Side Podcast. I'm your host, Chaz Parada, and joining me for our first College Hoops podcast of the season. Very excited. James Bitter, Nathan Shepard, ready to get into it. Um, how has college basketball treated you guys thus far? Pretty good. Uh, I'd say slightly positive on the season so far. A little up, been a, a diff- bit up and down. Yeah, definitely. We've been hot and cold. We've been tweeting all our picks out. Um, it's just been different this year. No fans. It's players not playing. Like, just at tip, it gets announced. Crazy stuff. Different times, but having college basketball is always good. For me, I know it's been tough just, like, when teams coming back off a of COVID break and kind of how you project that. I've had a tough time doing that, for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Um there's definitely a lot of problems that come up in terms of handicapping just because of how uneven the season has been, whether it's like a surprise, uh, maybe like a key player all of a sudden is just not playing. And like that could really, 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 really mess up. Because um, it will, if for, depending on how big the school is, it probably won't even be reported on. And that could just, that could sink a bet before it even, the game even begins. Um, in terms of what you guys look for game to game, what are the kind of kinds of things that you prioritize uh, over other things? For me, the first thing is spots. Teams that are coming off huge wins, like we'll take Missouri, for example, two big wins in a row at home, and then they go on the road to Mississippi. We were actually on Missouri for this game because, like, the line didn't make sense. It was fishy. We knew that, but, I mean, the money was right. Oh, like it opened it a pick, closed Ole Miss minus three. Got too cute trying to take the, the better team, and just the spot killed him. For me, that's that's the biggest thing. If you could find like a letdown spot or like a sleepy spot or a sandwich spot, I think long term that's most profitable. I think I look for just like line movement and trying to get the best number, um, especially in college basketball. Um, kind of projecting where the lines are going to move um, when they open the day before um yeah uh so for me um there's i've had a couple things that i've tried to like focus on one i i try and avoid stale numbers as much as possible i got burnt on that way too much early on and um if you were following on on some of the twitter picks I, i have mentioned that a time or two but um the other thing is uh, for totals, one thing I've been paying more attention to is foul rate. And it, it can really, really just send in an, a total way over. So, uh, and I mean, it, it's not perfect by any means, but um, for, for example, South Carolina and Missouri both foul a lot. So when they played, I remember texting James. I was like, dude, this is, this is like – the potential overspot of, of a lifetime. And I, that I'm pretty sure it was a zero sweat all, like, all the way over. Um, and South Carolina, like, it, it happened to be that South Carolina also runs a quick tempo, which is nice. But um, the one other thing that I do not think gets paid attention to at all, just not even close enough, is shot team shot selection. So take Alabama, for example. Uh, you can use websites like Haslametrics, Bartorvik, um, 
what's nice about those websites is that they show you um i'm not going to use alabama i can't find it right now um so they show you how what like the percentage of distance shots they they take so for example villanova shoots 45 percent 45 percent of their shots per game are from three um 27 or 28% of their shots are deeper twos. And then tw- the, uh, the other 28% is um, like the around the rim close twos. Um, and it's, and like, I don't, if I'm back in a team, I, I want a defense that forces mid range jumpers. And I want an offense that shoots threes and layups, which is why I think that that's why this Alabama team has been so good. And then NATO's offense you get a lot of um, either around the rim high percentage looks, or you get open threes. And I mean, they're sh- they're shooting them and they're making them. And when uh, you have a team that shoots a lot of like inefficient mid range twos, it's just I can't count on that to win a bet. And I don't know if that's being properly priced into the line, so you can find edges using that. What's crazy? You're talking about Alabama. I was watching that game the other day because we were on the Alabama-South Carolina over. I think Bama's first 30-something points were either in the paint or from three. It's just insane. Oh, yeah. And, well, they, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like he's going to bench you if you don't shoot um, or like if, it's, if you shoot a mid-range jumper. And I, yeah. they, will, they will never shoot one. Unless like a guy, their defender falls to the ground or say like, it's like the end of the shot clock, which even that never happens. It's genius. I love the philosophy. Surprised like more teams haven't adopted you, especially with uh, the success they're having. Agreed. Um, well, and um, like even a t- teams like uh, the Citadel, they've been an over machine all year long and they have a similar profile. They make their threes, they shoot a lot of them and they, just don't shoot mid-range to long twos. Cuts out a, a lot. Cuts out a lot of variance. And when you're a good shooting team like that, then hopefully the long twos you have to shoot, you make. I don't know. I it's definitely one been one of my favorite looks of the year. Um, do you guys have any futures you're holding on to right now, or any that you're looking at buying? No, I've honestly never really been that big. Actually, like. I guess I had I had an SEC like twenty eight to one. <laughs> I got. I, Is that more I of the fan in you? I placed that when I thought Malachi Flynn was coming back. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so I've been holding on to that one for a while. Otherwise, no. Um, I've never really been big on college basketball futures. I know we had a few last year, and that actually looked oh. pretty good. I uh, I could I could I could write I could write an essay about the golden college basketball futures I had last year. Yeah. You convinced me on a few of those as well. Those... I had Baylor those 40 are... to one SDSU yeah. 250 to one. You had Seton hall. Seton hall. There's another one too. It was painful. You, you name it. You had it. Uh, this year I haven't really been big on them though. It's for me, it's like, it's just so hard to predict out what's going to happen with all the circumstances. So I've just been, more so holding on to my money and like when the tournaments roll around, I'm going to make mechanical parlays. So what that means is, yeah, you roll the money line over from the first game to the second to the third, yada, 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 all the way up to the championship game. And 
in theory, you're probably getting a better price there than you would if you just bet the future when the tournament starts. Nate, what about you? I feel like I, you have Gonzaga, kind of, right? Yeah, I got a 10 to 1 Gonzaga. Very future. nice. I bet that after the Kansas game, I think. Um, wow, but, it was still 10 to 1 then. That's yeah, psycho. That is ridiculous. But like, it's so hard to do college basketball futures just because you never know what's going to happen in the future or in the tournament. It's like, I don't know. It's so tough to hit one of those. Um, but I like where I'm at with that 10 to 1. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's plus 200 now, and then Baylor's like plus 250. Yeah. Especially, saw, it would be tough to know now. I'm not going to lie. I, I saw a bet, and it's like those two, like plus 300 each, and then the field is minus 200. So what I was what I was thinking is I can't wait for the um, I bet you get Gonzaga Gonzaga or Baylor minus one ten, or sorry Gonzaga and Baylor minus one ten and the field minus one ten. I bet that's what it's going to be uh, at some point in the tournament. Maybe I even the round sixty four. <laughs> I think I would take the field. I think I would. There's so much chaos on tournament. I feel like at that point you kind of have to take the field. See. I, I have a little bit different of a view. So as I, I, I'm, uh, I like futures in all sports. You could, you could argue I'm a little slut for, for futures, for future bets. But um, for me, uh, so I got Gonzaga plus 1050. I tweeted these out at the beginning of the year. I think I have St. Louis, I think 150 to one, Texas 85 to one. That's the one I'm very happy with right now. And I think Rutgers 50 to one, that's whatever. And, and the ASU, like, 40 to one that's you burn that one <laughs> yeah it's that, that that's a goner um so i understand like the point of like there's a lot of variance and you don't know what's going to happen but i think part of that is within like within the ratings of the teams i guess so what i mean by that is there's still i'm like there's still a chance that like gonzaga loses round two like they could just shoot 25 percent from three and it maybe it just they'd lose by one on unlucky tip or something and I, I don't think that means that they're not the best team in or the second best team depending on your opinion in college basketball like that's not scaring me that potential isn't scaring me off from grabbing a 10 to one now obviously going from 10 to one to plus 250 or, or whatever it is now that is that's like Kentucky that's, 30, 39 and one team but that's they're, more they're valuable like that. than um than say so like last year I had my SESU ticket was 250 to one and you know dream undefeated season but by the end of the year they were like 20 to one and while it may seem like a huge number difference in terms of the probability, it's arguably, I, I, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'd imagine it's less than what Gonzaga, than the adjustment from Gonzaga from 10 to one to plus 250. I so, totally, I totally agree with that. Like, yeah, that like to, to change anything from like 10 to one to plus 250 instead of going for like two fifty. It's huge. We see more often than not, like being 250 to one, changing 25 to one. That happens every year. I mean, there's teams this year that'll be like that, like Loyola. Uh, mm-hmm. like, but what Gonzaga and Baylor is doing right now, it's pretty unheard of. 
Um, so I saw at the beginning of the year, and I'm kicking myself for, over it. I saw Loyola Chicago 300 to one, and I I had it in the bet slip, and I was like, Nah, they're not winning. So I just took it out, and I, I I'm the big idiot. I think I believe they're 40 to one right now, but to go from the implied probability of eight eight percent, which I think is 10 to one roughly, and now I'd imagine they're 33 ish. Uh, 35-ish Gonzaga that's a big big jump and on top of that their main competition is Baylor and they're not seeing Baylor until at least the final four so if you like consider that even more and consider that Baylor has that huge other market like probability share it could be like even higher so if like there is no Baylor type team um, in college basketball this year then Gonzaga's probably much closer to a pick than um, everyone might think. Loyola so. Chicago is sixty six or plus six six thousand. I'm seeing seventy five to one. Oh wow! Oh wow! They're probably honestly like, like honestly, I do Michigan not State hate that look Xavier. at all. Yeah, That's the fifteenth ranked team in Ken Palm. Yeah, it's just their offense. Seventy to one. Yeah. Oh, dude, great number, James. Um, <laughs> if Malachi were here, they'd be seven. <laughs> I I wish. Uh, would fair uh point of a uh, fair point of argument would would say that uh both Nate and I are a little Gonzaga biased, and both James and I are a little Aztec biased, SCSU biased. Just gonna throw that out there now. Um, I I I feel like I do a fairly good enough job of keeping that out. Um, I think like I think I bet on Virginia against Gonzaga this year. Yeah, you did. I kinda, that I, failed horribly. Just, oh my god! I didn't like it at all. But you were so convinced. You I told was. me Gonzaga was gonna lose. I was like, oh, okay. I trust you. I mean, you watch them every game. I oh oh, and I I actually just watched my first Gonzaga basketball game against BYU in a long time. It's it's the most. It's like Jalen Suggs is so fun to watch. It's such an exciting team, but it's it's just not fun watching them kill Portland by forty points. Those WCC games are super tough to watch. It's just not enjoyable. That you know said, I will watch the game this weekend. I think USF's pretty good. USF is better teams than WCC for sure. Mm-hmm. I have two futures I actually kind of like. I'm scrolling through now. All right, let's see. Oregon and Colorado are both 66 to one and they both are veteran teams. Like I love Colorado. I watched them play. Yes. I'm, I'm big on, wow. 66. Where are you seeing that? I'm going to grab that right now. Okay. 66 for both. And Oregon has been down guys last, last like two, three weeks had COVID problems. Got healthy last night. Dominated. This is like, if you're going to buy right now, this is the time to buy both of those. I agree. Even, even USC at 41, I wouldn't hate. I mean, they got dudes. Mobley's a freak. Both they play Mobley's really are. good defense. Yeah, I, the Pac-12 is a horrible conference. Don't get me wrong, but those three teams are actually pretty good. I agree, and it feels like every year one of those Pac-12 teams like does, does some, somehow weasels their way to the Elite Eight. <laughs> weasels is the right word. Yeah, <laughs> whether and it's normally Oregon. It's normally yeah. Oregon. Um, 
Dana Allman's a great coach. I, I really like both of those Oregon, Colorado looks. Um, USC, I think I would rather just, I would rather wait till the, till the tournament. Cause like they're going to make it. And yeah. I think that I would rather bet them as dogs. If I like the spot against the good teams, they would play. I'm also seeing Kansas 50 to one. I, I uh, hate I that. Thompson. I think Kansas sucks. Bryce Thompson really? coming back. Is, yeah. Bryce Thompson oh. coming back is big, but I don't think he's good enough to where he unlocks enough of the, uh, that offense. I guess that's fair. I mean, I'm just relying on the fact that they're battle tested and they've played all these big 12 games against teams that are just legit. And That's the odds true. are that they won't see him again in the tournament. But if, I will say this. If you want to bet Kansas, now is the perfect time to do it. Yeah. Uh, they're they probably nice... they're through the hard part of the schedule. Yep. I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. Their next like three games are like K-State. Uh, they play Iowa State again on Saturday, and then they have like another layup in there. The other, the third bad team in the big uh, Like big TCU 12. or something. Yeah. Um, wow, I'm yeah. looking at this, and it has Duke and Loyola Chicago, the same odds for the futures. That's Jesus. Just, That's just absurd. Well, Duke isn't even making the tournament. That's stupid. Yeah. No, I, it makes me it makes me so happy that Duke isn't making the tournament and Kentucky won't make the tournament. Crazy. That being said, I kind of like Actually Kentucky crazy. this weekend. But we need to start <laughs> talking about some it. games. Um, so just kind of formatting, um, also would love to hear feedback if you would like it to be formatted a little bit differently. Um, I just kind of went through and and picked like the, the biggest games on Saturday and there's two big games on Sunday or just, if not big, they'd be interesting. Um, I would have, I would have tried to throw in a little Winthrop and Radford, but that they, they're doing a back-to-back Thursday, Friday. We just, well, I weren't able to get to Friday games. And um, so we will be talking a little Loyola, Chicago, and Drake. So what I'm doing is I just went through Ken Palm um, and I used his ratings and then I kind of adjust, adjusted a little bit for home field just according to each, uh, each game. So start off Villanova at Creighton. Villanova lane three. Um, I wish I could give you guys a total. Nova's, Nova's a slow offense. And Creighton, um, Creighton's a, a little above average. It's nothing crazy. Uh, Nate, I'll kick to you first. Where are you looking at this game? Um, so when I first saw this line or what we were going to project for this line, I was definitely leaning Nova, and I think I'm still leaning Nova. Um, obviously, we don't have a total, and I would probably look at an overplay here just because Nova has – not a great defense and neither does Creighton really. Um, but yeah, I just think Nova, they looked good against Marquette. Um, yeah, I'd probably lean Nova minus three. I can, I agree with both those points. I think this total should be somewhere in the one forties. Yeah. I'd like, there's no good way to project those, but I do lean to that over and I lean to Nova to guess. as well. You know what? And I'm going to do this. I'm just going to try and guess every total. I'm going to say 141. 141? It was Villanova's really slow. I would put money on the over. Oh, do you guys think I'm too low? Day. Yeah. All right. Creighton's had some higher total games, but lately they've been playing slower. Like, I played that over against Georgetown the other night. Not the move, but... <laughs> uh, 
I I lean Nova in the over in this game. I think Creighton just has too many holes defensively, and Nova can shoot the lights out. Um, I'm just not sold on this Creighton team. I haven't been super impressed all year. Like, I don't put them like the same boat as Iowa. Like, just not performing to where they should be with all the offensive talent, but they certainly haven't impressed. So I kind of I think they do have similar profiles. Um, I think that with Villanova, you get a lot of you get a lot of efficient offense where they don't turn the ball over. Um, they can if depending on how Jeremiah Robinson Earl wakes up in the morning, he could just be a fiend on the offensive glass. And um, it's just they're not big enough to bang down in the post. And they're not big enough on the perimeter. They like they don't have the that lockdown three and D defender that they normally have on their tournament teams. You know, there's Sadiq Bay. There um, was it Mikal Bridges. I think that was his name. Um, and that uh, like they need or like Chris Jenkins was kind of like that. Like they need those guys on. Like those are the guys they have on their like their championship teams. Just like like they don't have that rim protector either. And the Jeremiah Robinson Earl is I, like he's really good. He's great on offense, but he's not a great rim rim protector. And I think that really uh, hurts them here. So I would actually lean Creighton. I think they could um, they could kind of give them issues from three. And I think that they have the size to present problems for Villanova. Any any rebuttal to that? No, I don't think I'll have a play on either side. I I still kind of like that over though. If it's one forty one, like you predict, I I I imagine I'm way off there, just judging how you guys reacted. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be close to one fifty, but okay. Yeah, I I do I I would say that I do lean over as well. Um, Arkansas. Traveling on to traveling to Missouri to take on the Tigers, Arkansas projected out to be a pick. Um, James, I'll kick it to you. What, do, what are we thinking here? Over. Like this over. Uh, so if you look at Ken Palm, you see Missouri's right around 130 in tempo. And then you look and see Arkansas around 25. But why Torvik is better than Ken Palm is you can go from a specific date to now. So what I've been doing lately is I've been going from like Jan 1, taking out the first two months of the year, like non-conference games. And both these teams actually play pretty fast and they foul a lot. Like you said, you mentioned Missouri earlier, foul a lot. And they've just been a huge over team lately after playing slow earlier in the year. So in this game, I like the over. Since the turn of the new year, Arkansas's 10th in tempo. Missouri's 107. I, th- I think there's going to be a lot of possessions, a lot of fouls, and it's just going to be a back-and-forth game. And this game should be a close game, so there's like there's a chance, too, that they play the foul game at the end. And if you have the under and they start playing the foul game with two minutes left, Ooh, that's my favorite. you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in trouble. That's my favorite, and at the same time, I also hate it. Oh, I, when you have the under and you have, like, 20 points to play with or three minutes left, and you're just kicking yourself, it's, like, the most helpless feeling ever. There's nothing you can do. That's why it's sometimes it's better just not to watch the game. I, when I have the under, I swear, I, I only watch like half of them. Watch the first half. Yep, good go. Just give yeah. me the final score. Uh, Nate, where are we looking on this game? Yeah, I'm probably leaning Arkansas here. Um, 
Eric Musselman, great coach. Uh, like James said, since the new year, Arkansas has been pretty solid. Um, just looking at their Torvik rating. Yeah, I'm probably going to lean Arkansas. Um, don't know if I'm really going to play anything here. I feel like this is a rebound game for Missouri potentially. But, yeah, I'm probably leaning Arkansas. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Um, to add on to that, I, I also really like the over here. Um, Arkansas is a good free throw shooting team. So, it, it, like, when they do get to the line, hopefully they're making those free throws. Um the one thing that worries me is Arkansas's defense is very good and like they're really long athletic and they block shots. So that could present a problem for an over, especially a total that I expect is in the one fifties. I'd imagine one fifty one, one fifty two. Um however, I like the look, James. Um I uh, Missouri gets out in transition a lot, which I think raises the, their little uh, possessions per game a bit because uh, they kind of turn aggressive defense into offense at times, but they also foul a lot. If Jer- Jeremiah Tillman is the only person in the country who can somehow get like four fouls in like three minutes, and I don't know how, but he, like, he, he just does it. And uh, with him as your rim protector – and he gets out, it'll just open the floodgates. So give me the over. Um, moving on. Two. Oh, this is an interesting game. This is just polar opposites of each other. So we got Tennessee minus two at LSU. Um, on the Tennessee side, you have a lot of a lot of defense, no offense. On the LSU side, you have a lot of offense, no defense. Um, James, I will kick it to you to start where are we looking at in this game right here so at plus two i lean lsu they got darius days back last game against mississippi state uh he's if you look at the box course he's not gonna like wow you he's not putting up 20 per game but he is a huge factor for that team um and they looked really good last game at mississippi state so i think his presence in this game is important but on the other side something happened like during that halftime for tennessee at kentucky in the last three halves, they've been playing excellent offensively, hitting shots, moving a decent clip, been really efficient. So it kind of leads me to the over in this one. I have no idea what it will be. I'd imagine high 130s, low 140s. Um, but I think that would be my play here. Otherwise, I think it's going to be a really good game. So just sit back and watch. Yeah, I'm – kind of echoing that i think it's going to be really interesting two different play styles um if i had to pick away i'm probably going to lean tennessee um i'll take the good defense over the good offense um i mean lsu just or sorry i'm leaning lsu um i think lsu just shoots it better and i feel like it's no i had that backwards sorry (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying right now. Wait, Tennessee uh, or LSU? I'm taking, I'm taking LSU. I'm taking the better offense. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, they just shoot it better, and I feel like I'll always take a team that can make shots over a team that defends well just because I feel like if you take that offense, you always have that opportunity for them to be able – you can always shoot over a good defense if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think what's huge here is if Eves Pons plays – um, he could present 
extreme problems for the LSU defense. Um, LSU is allowing 68% field goal percentage on close twos, so layups. Um, and which is starkly contrasted by Tennessee's 52% uh, field goal percentage on defense. Um, Eves Pons is a huge part of that, uh, just both as a rim protector, rebounder, and um, inside scorer. And then finally, um, I so I actually I disagree a little bit with the total. I do understand uh, uh, with your overlook, James. I do understand the reasoning. So like with Tennessee, they like it's just been an offensive explosion like last game and then uh, like the half before. So in my mind, that makes the total tick up a bit too much, maybe. And just I, I, I'm not a fan of the shot selection. Um, both teams defend the three very well. And LSU forces you to shoot a lot of threes. So they like 46% of their opponent's shots come from three. And Tennessee isn't that efficient of a three-point shooting team. And they also shoot a lot of mid-range jumpers. And I don't, and I don't like that. So I would kind of look away from uh, over. I, I would lean more towards an under. In terms of the side, I think I lean. I hate LSU, but I feel like it's uh, they need a little market correction here. So I, I would say that I lean LSU here along with my friend Nate. Um, any rebuttal there, James? Anything I said that you didn't like? No, I, I, get, I get your point on the total. Like. It, not a for sure, like I want to see where the number opens up, but I agree with you guys on LSU. Um, it's LSU, LSU is the worst version of Iowa. It just mm. ins- insane they play offense. Better defense. They play better. Oh, defense. I think they play worse defense. Oh, Iowa's defense is so pitiful. It is. That's that's true. They're like LSU is like the athletic, less big version, I guess. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm gonna go with. That's what I'm gonna go yeah, with. Yeah, I like that. Uh, um, a little Big 12 action coming up. The Oklahoma Sooners traveling to West Virginia to take on Mr. Bob Huggins and the Mountaineers. We have this line projected as West Virginia minus three. Um, I'll start. I think there might be a little uh, disagreement from James. So I kind of like uh, Oklahoma here. Um, I If it's three, I'm betting Oklahoma uh, with – they have had an uneven past about a month and a half or so, whether it's COVID um, inactives, Brady Manick was hurt. Um, on top of that, they have good wins, a couple like tough losses against good teams, which I'm not really faulting them for. It's still solid performances. And on top of this, I so West Virginia, they've um, ever since Shibwe has left, uh, they've gone much quicker. Offense has looked more fluid, and honestly, Derek Culver's looked a lot better. But I think they're getting a little lucky in terms of who, in terms of like three-point defense. Um, it's I they're I, they're just due for a little bit of regression. Um, teams are like they keep getting teams' worst performance and of three-point shooting. I don't think it has anything to do with what they're doing on defense. Um, so I think Oklahoma could expose them a little bit uh, from three there. Oklahoma plays outstanding both perimeter and um, interior defense. 
Uh, so I do like the seniors here. Give me Oklahoma. Uh, Nate, what do you think? I'm going to agree with you. I also like Oklahoma. I mean, before that Texas Tech game, Oklahoma's rattled off two pretty solid wins against Alabama and Texas. And then just looking at kind of the metrics of it, um, like you said, Oklahoma plays fantastic defense. It's going to be kind of similar to the LSU um, Tennessee game where it's kind of two different styles playing against each other. Um, but I lean Oklahoma, especially if it's at three, just because like you said, their perimeter defense and um I just feel like Oklahoma's hot now outside of that Texas Tech game. You guys made a pretty good uh, case there for Oklahoma. I was reading an article, I think, written by Stucky earlier in the week. And right now, West Virginia has like three guys all shooting like better than 10% above their career averages from three. So not only are they due for some regression on the defensive end, defending the three, but also offensively. Uh, I doubt it all happens at once, all the regression, but – that I would, certainly I would does. Mind. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it'd be good for Oklahoma backers. Uh, but it does kind of scare me a little bit. And if it is three, and I'm laying a full possession in a game that probably will be pretty close. Yeah, no more West Virginia for me. That's a, you guys made a pretty good case there. Nice. Welcome, welcome to our side, our side, James. Uh, moving on, a little Missouri Valley. <laughs> what I think is. Uh, while they aren't exciting to watch, it's exciting that they're really good. So Loyola Chicago traveling to take on Drake. They're playing at Drake. Um, and Loyola Chicago is – so we have it out as lane five and a half. I don't think it'll be this big. I think it'll be closer to three. That being said, I was using the Ken Palm rank uh, ratings, so that's just kind of where I put it at. At five and a half, I still lean Loyola Chicago. If it's closer to three, I am betting Loyola Chicago. I think they're a substantially better team. I think Drake is very fraudulent. They have not played any – they do not have a game against anyone in the Ken Palm Top, Ken Palm top 100. That is not, that it, it's not – Drake has not showed me anything by – what are they, 19-1, to 17-1 right now? Yeah. Whatever. It's yeah. – this – is where they can impress me. And until they don't, I'm going to choose to fade them, especially because I would expect them to be a very publicly bet dog. Um, so, yeah, give me give me the Ramblers of Loyola Chicago. Cameron Kretwig is going to ball. They, Drake does not, d- doesn't have uh, the talented bigs to uh, hang with him. Sorry, yeah, I mean, uh, you get, Nate, you go, get, ahead. Get, go ahead, Nate. Yeah, you go, Nate. I mean, I feel like you just pretty much hit it all on the head. Um, Loyal Chicago, great defense. Um, I also think Drake is going to have a lot of money come in. So that might be a line that I wait on um, just because they are, they, you know, they were the, one of the last three undefeated teams. So I feel like the public kind of sees them as a good team. And I feel like they're not that great. So, yeah. I would just wait to bet Loyola Chicago is my only thing. I was thinking the narratives there. I mean, they lost against Valpo, which I was looking at the Valpo roster the other day. That's a team to buy next year. They're all freshmen, sophomores. But um, I think that, uh, like, you get like, oh, it's the Drake bounce back spot. So, I don't know. I I think money will come in on 
or public money anyways, will come in on Drake. And um, so bring, bring, bring that line down, please. So I can bet on Loyal Chicago. Sorry, James, go ahead. Yeah, you're pretty agreement for me. Uh, I just don't know what I have with Drake yet. So I want to avoid that until I know they're legit. Yeah, That's they've made a lot of love. They were even ranked. Um, but with Loyal, I mean, they've played great teams all year. And what they've done, like, so far in the Missouri Valley, they've just been dis- dismantling teams. So that's not a team I want to fade. Drake, on the other hand, no top 100 teams played in the entire year through 20 games. I'm, I might look to fade that. All right. Moving on to Sunday. Uh, Michigan, off a long COVID break. Uh, pre- projecting out, I have Michigan minus four uh, at Wisconsin. James, I'll start with you. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little confused on this one. But I'll kick it to you first, James. Where are you, th- where are you looking at this game? Four seems about right. I mean, obviously, the first time they played, I think we were on Wisconsin. I don't know if we tweeted that play. Could not have been. More I think wrong. we did. Yeah, could not have been more wrong on that one. But honestly, I might go back to the well, and it's not because Michigan is coming, coming off a of COVID layoff. It's just like when you get embarrassed by a team like that, this is all you think about when you're practicing. This is all like everything you're doing is so this doesn't happen again. And if you're getting more than possession at home, and yeah, Wisconsin hasn't lived up to like what they're supposed to be this year. Like they've struggled a little bit in Big Ten play, but over a possession, I think Wisconsin can do enough. They play really good defense, and I, I. They're a frisky home dog. Wisconsin in every sport is always a good home dog. I think one more time. I mean, you kind of made me back off my – I was kind of loving Michigan here. Um, you made me back off a little bit, but not enough to change my bet. I mean, since the new year, Michigan's been the number one ranked team um, as far as, like, efficiency. But, obviously, they haven't played, a, you know, as many games. And I feel like the narrative is there with the public. I feel like Michigan – or Wisconsin's going to have a lot of money come in on them because Michigan's been on a COVID break and Wisconsin's at home. So I'm probably still going to bet Michigan here and I would lay four, but I mean, yeah, you made a good case for Wisconsin. I'm not going to lie. A little comeback story. Yeah. Um, this is tough for me. I'm pretty split. I lean Michigan. I think – I, I, I just got a little bit of Wisconsin love that I can't get rid of. Um, so I'm trying to like battle that, but I don't know. I lean Michigan. I think that Wisconsin has the defensive bigs to hang with Dickinson. And although he did just torch them when they played the first time and it, Wisconsin's offense has looked like a shell of itself. They're, they just, they're just not the consistent three point shooting team that they were relying on early in the year. So that, and that, that just makes me look towards Michigan. Um, you just got too much athletic perimeter talent on the on the uh, on the wings with Eli Brooks, uh, Franz uh, Wagner, uh, Livers, and it's I just think it's ultimately too much. So, and I I would lean under. I, I think Michigan could start out could start out slow, and I think that Wisconsin plays good defense. And they could struggle to get off a consistent good looks. So, to your point, you're talking about starting slow. I think Wisconsin, like if you like them, also look at the first half, the I, first half money line as well. Yes, 
I would rather bet Wisconsin first half than full game. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Although it'll probably price it because that trend's starting to come to life. Yes, I and I think I think this is the the right buy point where you get a lot. I mean, this is going to be the biggest. I mean, this is going to be the biggest sporting event on Sunday, unless there's like a huge Lakers yeah. NBA game. But um, they're running so, the Super Bowl back, actually. <laughs> I already missed Please football. No. Um, although that that was the most boring Super Bowl, and that was not Rams Patriots, but that was all very boring in its own right. Um, did we cover this game? Nate's yeah. got to get out of here yeah. soon. So, all right, one more game: Memphis at Houston. So this one I struggled with. I had Houston lane 13 and a half. And I, I'd imagine that it's closer to 10. And I love Memphis. I Memphis has been a top 20, top 15-ish team since the new year has begun. They still turn the ball over way too much. But they're more other than that, they're more efficient on offense. They um the addition of DeAndre Williams, he uh he was like a late transfer addition. It's been huge for the offense. It took them a couple games to kind of like mesh with him. But since then, they've been playing really well as a team. Um, he's big for their defense. They've always had a good defense, but um, he's just another athletic body that they can throw out there. Landers Nolly has been shooting better late uh, recently. And um, I th- Hardaway, I think he's a really shitty coach, but he recruits well, obviously. And, He's got the team playing well right now. I think he's been putting Boogie Ellis in the in, the, in and out of the lineup. Um, so yeah, get anything above ten, give me Memphis. If not, I'm going to stay away. So the, if if it's above ten, Memphis is my best bet. I think um, Houston fouls a lot, fouls like a lot, a lot. So I think that, and Memphis is has some solid uh, free throw shooters on their team. So I, I do like the Memphis um, backing them as, as a dog on the red. Nate, what do you think here? Um, I just hate laying that much in a conference game. That's just a big number, especially if it is 13, if it's closer to 10, if it's 10 or below, obviously I'm going to take Houston um, just because they are the more efficient team. Um, I guess it just comes down to like Memphis turns the ball over a lot. So I don't know, maybe an overplay here, I guess. Is this yes. game on Sunday? Now I can't find it. It got postponed. Oh, it I'm an postponed. idiot. Gosh dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I, I, saw, I well, got a notification yesterday. I just completely forgot. <laughs> oh, well, at least we're talking about it. Um, do you guys want Story to talk about Loyola memory. Chicago again? They play again on Sunday. <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny. I'll, I'll back. I'll back Drake after Loyola wins the first game by twenty-five. <laughs> that's fair. Um, all right. Well, to wrap things up, give me just a quick best bet. Uh, your most like where your favorite kind of side of the weekend is. Any game. Missouri, Arkansas. Go go ahead, Nate. Now go ahead. Missouri, Arkansas. Any over one fifty one and below. Got it. All right, I'm gonna take Michigan minus four. 
Yeah, I was, I was really excited about Memphis. How did I miss that? That's weird. Bummed, I guess bro. I was I was, I was off kind of off my phone for a little while yesterday. Um, I, I and you know what? I am a bum. Um, Oklahoma money line gave it to me. They're winning okay. on the road. Or do I like the Michigan Wisconsin under? I did talk myself into that a little bit. What do you think, Matthew? Um, like one thirty three? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would think so. One thirty three to one thirty five ish is what I would guess. Yeah, that's where every Wisconsin game is. Um, nah, give me Oklahoma. I like that. Especially they're getting three points. Um, and I think that people are possibly slurping up West Virginia a little too much right now, especially after a great primetime win over Texas Tech, who I think is overrated, a bit overvalued. I think they're closer to maybe the 20th ranked team than the 10th best team or the 25th. Um so, give me Oklahoma. I love the buy spot on Saturday. Anything else? Do we miss anything? Oh, uh, Nate, you are also our UFC expert. Is there? A, do you give me a quick uh, Gilbert Burns, Kamaru Usman take? Um, I think it's going to be a really good fight for all my UFC fans out there. I feel like it's going to be shades of Usman uh, Covington, just because they're both great on the feet are both great on the ground. So I think it's going to be a slugfest. I'm going to lean, lean Usman. I think Usman has goat potential. Um, really? He's going to be in a conversation with Khabib and John Jones, I think, when it's all said and done. Um, yeah, I like Usman, and I think I like him by decision. Um, not Nothing too crazy, but if I had to pick one fight and you want some money on the, uh, hey, on the main money. event. Yeah. Um, undercard, I like Gastelum. Um, if you – you feel like you're a little bored on a Saturday night and you want to throw some money around on the UFC card. I like Usman and Gastelum. All right. Usman and Gastelum. You heard it from him. Um, James, anything else to add? No, I think we did pretty well. I would agree. Um, for the sharp Side podcast. Thank you guys all for listening. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe on Apple podcasts and follow us on Spotify. If that's where you're listening to. And of course I have to give a shout out to my pocket cast listeners. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Let's go win some money this weekend, huh?